an atheistic country is printing our Bibles. We probably wouldn't be allowed to print them. I don't know whether we print Bibles or no. But isn't it wonderful? Let me just read this to you. But I want, you, want it to be a willing gift, not one giving grudgingly. This is Paul talking to the, the church. Remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must, eat, you, you must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And God will give generously, and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scripture says, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. For God is one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he provides and increases your resources and then, and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And, and when we take your gifts to, to those who need them, they will thank God. So too. Things will result from this ministry of giving. I'm going to stop there. Giving. Let's talk about sowing I've got here. Another look of what is sown. Seed. The Bible says if you sow generously, you will also reap generously. And I firmly believe that. When we put in a field of grass seeds, and we're so thankful for this rain, because the grass did need this rain. But it's not enough, is it? We want a little bit more. We're, we're praying for about an inch and a half. Is that all right? We need an inch and a half. But you look at this. When you sow a grass seed, you ever, ever sowed lawns? How many? Just, just acknowledge me. I'm here. You've sowed lawns. And if you just get a little half a handful and throw the seed about, you get a miserable lawn, don't you? A miserable lawn. But you put the lawn so thick and it comes up wonderful. And it's the same with us. What we sow spiritually, we, we reap spiritually. Sow generously and reap, reap generously. Thing, th I've, got, I've got two, three things I want to tell you. Things we need to know today about our sowing and reaping. The first one. Everything you have is a seed. And I thought to myself, everything I have is a seed. Your love is a seed. When you think of the children, grandchildren, children, and if you love them, you'll, re re you'll reap from those children. But if you just poo them and put them on the side, they won't have anything to do with you. But isn't it wonderful, you, those of us that have had children, and the love that they've shown to us. Margaret, with her son, 
the love that she would have grown, given that son when he was a child is beginning to come back. That love and caring. But if you didn't sow the seed of love, you'll never reap a harvest. Do you agree? It's getting warm, isn't it? Is there any, any way we can turn off the heat? Because you'll be asleep if I don't keep shouting, won't you? <laughs> Everything you have is a seed. Your skill. Your skill. If you don't use it, you lose it. Your prayers. How often do we really pray? How often do we stop in the daytime and pray? I can honestly say there was a stage in my life when I had a person in my life that wasn't a Christian. And I promised them that I would pray morning, noon, and night. And with God's help, I did it. And within the 12 months, they came to know Christ as their Savior. God answers prayer. Don't you ever not think that. God answers prayer. And he'll answer your prayer. Your money is seed. Your cash in your pocket. What you earn is seed. All these things are seed. The boy's lunch in the Bible became a seed that fell, fed 5,000 people at least when it was put in the master's hands. Is that amazing? When you just think of that story, are you amazed? Look amazed, huh? Isn't that amazing? Look amazed. Isn't it amazing? That little boy had that little food basket. What was it? Two fish and five loaves? Or five loaves and two fishes? Whatever it was. He gave it to Jesus. Even the disciples sort of doubted. Lord, what are you going to do? And then there was 12 baskets full left over. Amazed? Look amazed. That's good. Listen. For God will give you more and more seed to sow. And it will make it grow. So that you can give away more and more. What are you giving away? What am I giving away? We have seeds of kinds to give away. Might be money. Might not be money. It might be love. It might be our personalities. It might be just caring for somebody else. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. And in the same way, he will provide an increase for all our resources. He will provide an increase for all our resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Verse 11, it says, Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. Don't be known as mean. I know one or two mean people. I was going to almost say my grandfather was quite a mean old boy, Partridge. I will do, because he was. <laughs> I always remember when I was about nine years old, my dear grandfather 
had an orchard full of daffodils in the spring of the year. And me being a boy of, of a sort, I went up and said, Granddad, can I pick those? I was the oldest grandson. Uh, can I pick those daffodils and sell them around the houses? Yes, certainly, he says. So I remember picking a basket full, putting an elastic band around them, about seven or eight daffodils, went round knocking on doors, and I sold them for threepence a bundle. Old threepence, what is that now? Oh, my dear. One and a half P, isn't it? Is that about right? And I, I remember I had probably £1.50 or £2. I was some chap. Then the next year came. This is not, this is, this is um, the person, um, not very generous this time. And I was, I was upset. I went to my grandfather. I said, lovely lot of daffodils this year. Oh, yes, he said. But he said, I won half this year. <laughs> those daffodils left, I, were left there. Because I was quite stubborn in those. And they left and they, nobody had them. Nobody had any money. But anyway, that's just by the way. But that happens, doesn't it? When you sow generously, you reap generously. When you take the gift to who needs them, this is what Paul says, they will thank God with a loud amen. Have you ever taken a gift to somebody? A cake. Or some beautiful fruit or vegetables. And those dear folk really appreciate it. And they say amen. They say thank you. Thank you. What a joy that is. When you give it generously. God gives seed only to the sower. Have you thought about that? And he gives it to the sower so that they can keep sowing. Keep sowing those gifts of love, generosity, kindness, patience. My, that's what we need, especially driving along in some of these roads here with some of the cars. The seed you sow, someone said, it will never leave your life. It will move just from where you are today to where you'll be tomorrow. And when you get there, it be no longer a seed that you sowed, but a harvest you need. And a harvest, you need to have a harvest consecutively. And consecutive, big word for me, isn't it? Consecutive sowing of consecutive harvest. I always, re I love, I, I do a little bit of gardening, but I don't know much about it. And I realize I like growing radishes. No good emptying the whole packet out, is it? Because you'll have about 50 radish and you and your wife only want four. <laughs> What's the good of that? So I've learned, and I've, I've got big fingers, it's hard to pick out the seed. So I put three or four in, then I wait for another week, put three or four in, and it works up to the point I get fed up. <laughs> then I put the lot in. But you've got to have consecutive sowing. To have consecutive reaping. And you need that as Christians. I'm taking at the moment. The first part of this service. Is for you as Christians. If you're not a Christian. Don't listen to this. Because I've got a message for you in a minute. Now then. We need to sow seed consecutively. So that there's a harvest continuously. Consecutive sowing. 
guarantees consecutive reaping. It's the law. Listen, whoever sows generously, the Bible says, will also reap generously. Then it says after that, Selah. That is true. God will never ask you to give what you don't have, but he will ask you to give what you would like to keep. Yeah, that's a challenge, isn't it? That's a challenge for every one of us. And I think it's good for us to be challenged. He won't ask you what, what you, what you, I'll say this, but he will ask you to give what you would like to keep. He won't ask you to, to give what you don't have. But if you've got something, he wants you to give it. Give, un, give not reluctantly, the scripture says, or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Now then, Christians, have you got that message? To give generously. Of time, patience, love, finances. What else? Can you think of something else? Are you with me? Can you think of something else that we should be giving? There should be something else. But anyway, let me just go on now a little bit further. This could affect you. I don't know. Jesus tells the story of a parable of a rich fool. I don't know why he called him a fool. Because do you know, only twice in the Bible are people called fools. Once is a farmer. And I can understand that. Farmers can be fools. Working 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Never resting, never ever in holidays. They're poor old souls. Oh, yeah, right. But any rate, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. And this man was a fool because he put everything in front of him just for self. Just for self. Listen to this. The greedy farmer, one translation says, he said, life, he said this, and this is what the scriptures, what I've put down, life is not defined by what you have, even when you have a lot. And Jesus said to the crowd, take care, protect yourselves against the least bit of greed. This is in the scripture. Take care, don't get greedy. Nobody likes a greedy Nobody wants to be in the presence of a greedy person. The farmer had a very, very good harvest. And I'll be quite honest, if you ever meet a farmer that says to you, this year's harvest is very poor, don't believe him. He's either an afternoon farmer, that means he doesn't get up early enough to get the stuff done, because this summer has been a tremendous summer. We've had a tremendous harvest. There's been chances to make one, two, and three crops of hay or silage or whatever you call it for every farmer who's on the ball. If he's not up and out, out, he never ought to be a farmer. The crops of corn have been tremendous. I heard a man say to me, who I know rents a farm, and Savills are the agents. And he said to me, Robert, I've had so many ton of wheat, he said, this year off my I said, don't you shout like that. I said, you must never do that. They'll put the rent up. <laughs> he said, well, oh, I never thought of that. I said, well, don't shout too much. But they've had a good crop. 
But the trouble is now, they're moaning. There's so much porn about, the price has gone down. It's a blind They're moaning. Have you ever met a farmer that moans? Yeah. I'll tell you what they do. But if you analyse a lot of these farmers that moaning, half of them, it's their own fault. Half of them, it's their own fault. They, they don't plan. They don't think. They have a £100 and they spend 99.50 pence. They don't put anything away for a rainy day. And you need to when you're farming. You've got to, because one time in five or six years, there'll be a bad time. It's in August. But anyway, this farmer had a wonderful harvest. And he said, I've got a terrific crop. I'm going to go and put my crops in the barn, but the barns aren't big enough. There was no planning in those days because he, he was allowed to pull the plan. There's a planner there, isn't it? Oh, I thought you were planning, but never mind. That's a matter. I'm going to use you as a planner now. There's no planning in those days. He could just pull down the barn and pick up a bigger one. So he teared down his barn and built bigger. Then I will get the harvesting. And all okay so far. But then he says to himself, I've done well. I've done well. I've made it. I'll retire. I'll take it easy and have a great time. Oh, my. He, he was not a farmer from the southwest. He must have been up in the middle, up in, up in the flat country somewhere. Then God came in. And the warning came. You fool. Tonight you're going to die. And your farm full of crops, who will get it? fill your barns with self, self, self and not with God's plan have you ever stopped and just thought for your life have you just gone on through life I don't know there might be one there might be two there might be half a dozen people here today have gone through life self, self, self and no thought of God but God is in control. Mr. Hill said, I, I forgot your Christian name. Ray Hill said this morning, God is still in control. We used to sing a little song. God is still on the throne and he will remember his own. Though trials may press us and burdens distress us, he never will leave us alone. God is in control. And one day, God is going to call you home. Do you know him as your personal savior? Don't rely on Christian godparents or grandparents or mothers and fathers. Don't rely because you're a Christian that your grandson or granddaughter is going to become a Christian. Pray for them every day. Pray for them every day. They need our prayers. We want to see you, I want to see you in heaven. I want you to come up to me when you're there and say, Partridge, I remember when you shouted at me. <laughs> and I'm not a Christian. I want to know Christ as my Savior. If that's in your heart today, please don't leave this building until you know Christ as your Savior.
Do you know him as your saviour? He's waiting for you. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. And in, in a verse in Timothy, and Titus, it says these words. The grace of God that brings salvation. It's only the grace of God. <coughs> nothing I can do, nothing I can say. The Holy Spirit would work on your heart and the grace of God offers you salvation to all men and to all women. Psalm 95 verse 7. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. One verse. John 3 verse 16. And with this I'll finish. For God so loved the world and because of his love we can be part of God's harvest. Remember that old song that used to sing bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheaves. You could be a sheave. And I want to bring in sheaves into God's kingdom. I want you to come to know Christ as your personal saviour this morning. Don't put it off. You might have put it off for 50 years or 60 years. Don't put it off now. You might be a lot younger. But God loves you. And he wants you to be his son or daughter. Have you ever been born again? Because that's the way to be born again. There was an old preacher used to keep on preaching, you must be born again. And at the door, one day he was standing. And a dear old man came up to him and he caught him by a hand. He said, brother, why do you keep on saying you must be born again? Because you must be born again, he said. Let's sing. We were going to sing, count your many blessings, and I forgot it. But never mind.